0: An opening round that now seems far far away. It is a dark time for Grundy, with shit-out scores of 93 and 70, coaches who opted to feel the likes of Flynn, Hunter or Meek were rejoicing. With questions raised over the scoring ability of a set-and-forget duo, doubt was thrown into the minds of those who selected them. But with Grundy facing off against a Carlton foe that he held 143 game average against, and Gorn set to rip apart a second gamer in Hunter, the stage was set for both to deliver a crushing blow to the Imperial coaches who laughed at their round one misfortunes. Hello and welcome to Supercoach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all of the insight, analysis and the Edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Liam. How are you, man?
1: Yeah, not too bad, Damon, not too bad. What a week it's been.
0: It's, it's been massive, hasn't it? As the listeners may have noticed, that uh, it is a bit of a Star Wars-themed <laughs> uh, episode, and we are titling it Gaunty strikes back and it is for very good reason
1: yeah well if, if you if you did manage to stick fat with the dynamic duo uh then you were rewarded for your loyalty they did strike back for all those that are, didn't keep the faith mm. uh those scores uh were exactly why we were preaching not to trade them out yep. and this uh yeah again is following a pretty similar path to what we saw in 2019 from the two big guys at this stage absolutely but anyway let's get into it damon so where can our listeners find us
0: Yes, they can find us on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge or via our own personal handles at DamoJ88 or your find self, which is at L underscore Evans underscore 95. G's. I feel exhausted after <laughs> saying that handle. It's just way too long. And I must take note as well. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners picked up on it. Last week during the recording, you actually stuffed up your own handle.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I left out the, uh, the underscores I'm
0: pretty sure. <laughs> See, there you go. I've got merit in what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but moving on, uh, on Facebook you can find us at Supercoach Edge, or search again on Insta Supercoach Edge. And uh, with that, let's kick off the show with our usual treatment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, it is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, for those tuning in for the very first time, it's literally just us recapping how our respective teams have performed on the weekend and the players that stood out for both good and for bad reasons. And uh, I'll kick us off because uh, again, I am the uh, the loser of the two of us in our head-to-head, albeit uh, yeah, yeah, quite narrowly. But um, Nevertheless, uh, I scored um, a score that Richie Benno actually would be very proud of, (laughs) two for 222. So that's 2,222, which is a much better score compared to uh, the previous week, obviously. Now I uh, catapulted up the rankings, sit ranked 19,717, so a little bit way to go, but um, it's still early round, so not too bad, but moved up a whopping 16,787 spots, so not too bad in that context. Uh, the one thing that did me over, though, and um, you'll know this as well, because I, I did uh, did text you over the weekend yeah. in in a bit of a bit of a panic because I went out before the St Kilda Gold Coast game, well, their respective uh, games, anyway. Had a look at my team, and I'm like, "Yep, everything's set." And what I planned to do was was pull a bit of a shifty, and I've got uh, Fife from the Suns on my bench in defence. And what I planned to do was have Highmore on the bench screen his score. And if he actually scored mm-hmm. well, I was going to bring Fife onto the field to loop his score in and then obviously bench Cozzy. So I'd had Cozzy from Hawthorne on the field. And um, because I didn't quite realize that the Gold Coast game started pretty much directly after the St. Kilda one, both oh, Fife and Highmore were locked in on the bench. So I was uh, I was stuck with Cozzy's paltry score of 30 odd, um, which meant I lost an extra 39 potential points there in that complete Stuff up, um, and me, me just trying to be a smartass. Uh,
1: See you take over as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. I would have won. So yep. never again am I going to be that stupid. <laughs> uh, just rolling through the good, the bad, and the ugly for my side. Had McRae and Gorn both scoring at one hundred and thirty-seven. Grundy in that Gaudy combo. Like we said, they struck back. He scored one thirty-five. Goulden with the 136, Dunks 132, Lloyd 124, Laird 121, Impey 123, Short and Dusty with uh, 120 each, and Campbell, the other rookie, scoring 118. In terms of the bad, it wasn't too much, but uh, it means there's more actual players that fell into the ugly, unfortunately, (laughs) Um, so it's actually worse than it sounds, but Caldwell Scored a 66, which, of course, was, uh, was injury-affected, did his hamstring, and it's now come out that he's going to miss uh, between six and eight weeks, which is uh, massive, so it's uh, quite a strain, you'd think. Uh, then in terms of the ugly side of things... We're both stuck with, uh, with Neil, unfortunately, scored 75. Although I must say that I reckon he scored about 50 of those points in the last quarter alone. I reckon the guys at Champion Data saw his low score, realized they had him in their team, and they're like, shit, let's give him a, a couple of extra points. Like, he was, <laughs> was falling off handballs, like one, two handballs, that were worth like 15 points. Like, what? what is going on? You know, it's a bit of the uh, KOTD action there, a bit of a kiss on the dick action. <laughs> when he's in your team, you, you don't mind, especially when he's struggling. Uh, Taranto scored 67, uh, which was very disappointing from one of my boys. Daniel scored 66. Roe, only the 19th. Thankfully, I only had him on the bench. But uh, the other guy, Scott, who scored 23, was in his spot. So I didn't fare much better. In terms of cash cows and stuff, um, I've hit the mark on all of them, really, apart from there's a couple of guys which we'll speak of later. But um, Goulden, Flynn, Highmore, Campbell, Impey, Berry, Rowe, Powell, Zeeble, uh, McNeil, Scott, and Clark. So uh, there's a lot of the guys there that I have on my team already. So I'm in a good position. But how did your team go?
1: Yeah, yeah. As as you mentioned, just picked you at the post. I scored uh twenty two thirty four, which is yeah better better than last week, but still still some room for improvement there. Um, so I'm sitting ranked fifteen thousand five hundred ninety one, and that was up about fourteen thousand seven hundred seventy three uh, spots in the overall ranking, uh, which I'm I'm happy to at least be uh, moving up there. <laughs> so in the good, pretty pretty similar to you. Uh, Gorn, 137, and Grundy, 135. They repaid the faith at the VC on Grundy and, and took that score. Uh, wasn't going to pass that up. Yep, at a 135. Golden 136. Uh, Dunks, 132. Lloyd, uh, 124. Laird, 121. Uh, MP, 123. Short and Dusty combo for 120 each. Uh, Campbell, 118, and Walsh, 105. The bad for me uh, were, unfortunately, two of my boys. Uh, Merritt, 90. Not, not a great score, but albeit probably a pretty good score considering the smash in the Dons comp. Yeah, so not too concerned, I guess. And then obviously also Caldwell's 66, and the main reason that's a bad is is just the injury. So yeah, hopefully we'll see him back on the park soon, especially as a Dons supporter. <laughs> um, and then the ugly, uh, yeah, Neil 75, not ideal. Uh, Daniel 66. I think he tried to take a few kicks, tried to bite off a bit more than he could chew with a few of the kicks and had an unusually high amount of clangers. Yeah. Um, which obviously didn't help his scoring. Taranto, 67, thought he was was on, going like a house on fire, and then pulled up very suddenly. Mm. And then I unfortunately did cop the row 19 on my field. They had Brockman's, I think, 77 on my bench, Mm. which would have been a nice upgrade (laughs) on, on field. And then similar to the cash cows, I think the only difference I have is Sharp, and he didn't score particularly well. Uh, but he was on my bench, so that's that's perfectly fine by me.
0: Perfect. And uh, as you said, it, it means for our second head to head matchup, you again have taken the honours. Uh, <laughs> round of applause there. Yay. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll see how we go next week. But um, yeah, that I'm ruining that stuff up even more now that you've, uh, you've put me at the post. But yep. uh, we'll see how we go next week. But uh, now it's time to discuss some of the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't-
1: Week uh, was headlined by Grundy striking back. The ever reliable Joy were back to their scoring best, repaying the faith of those that kept them and uh, punishing those that traded them out.
0: wasn't it? So wasn't it a sight to see as well? Being uh, proud owners of Grundy, and we did say we have been saying throughout, keep hold of your primos, especially the set and forget rocks, the dynamic duo in Grundy. So uh, yeah, they definitely repaid the faith there, and it really kicks dirt in the face of those coaches that started with one of Gorn or Grundy and Flynn or Hunter or one of those. And they, they thought they are in a really good spot in round one. Like, yeah, look at me. I'm top 100 and I've got all this money to spend across the rest of my side. Well, uh, as we'll see, what their uh, what their scoring potential is, as we know, uh, might come back to bite them in the ass.
1: Exactly. Um, and on that, we've got some underperforming primos, including uh, the likes of Cripps, Neil Taranto.
0: Yeah, it's a bit uh, bit disappointing because you've got two of those players. I've actually got all three. So <laughs> I'm in uh, a world of hurt off the back of Danger and Rail and uh, well, Caldwell as well. So uh, I'm dealing with a lot on my plate at the moment. But yeah, we'll get into that a bit later.
1: Yeah, and on that, we'll uh, go through the injuries. First off, we have Fife um, with a late bit of a late hit. He might be missing with some, some concussion. And if you do have Fife in your team, um, I probably wouldn't look to uh, trade him out. Uh, he's just probably going to miss with these the, the 12 days off, so probably just one round, just uh, bench him and, and bring him back on. He's probably missing that game that he, he always sort of misses with injury anyway. Mm, for
0: sure.
1: We've also got uh, Caldwell, one of my boys. Uh, he's out with a hammy. Uh, really sad to see. He'll probably be out for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, so, definitely trade there.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a sad one, that one, because obviously... First and foremost, because we've got him, but being an Essence supporter as well, Liam, um, I'm sure you would have been keen to see him play out the rest of the year. Showed really positive signs yeah. just on a football basis, but super coach-wise as well. Showed that he, he did have a bit of a ceiling and um, was scoring actually quite well up until he he got injured. I mean, he's he's one that's I'm begrudgingly getting rid of. Uh, hopefully, you know, he comes back sooner than the six to eight weeks, but uh, all the very best to him.
1: Yep, definitely, and also another one of my boys, probably one of my favourite players as well. Uh, Draper's out with an ankle, uh, syndesmosis issue uh, after coming down awkwardly in a in a marking contest. Uh, probably out to the, for at least eight to ten weeks. Um, probably not super coach, super super coach relevant, um, but for those that have him in the ruck line, you'll be needing to trade him out.
0: It, it really comes back to bite you when you go for these guys that are PODs, mm-hmm. uh, especially in in a position like the ruck as well, where it's normally set and forget. So I do feel for those people that, that did take a chance on Draper because as we both discussed, I don't, I don't think we did in the first podcast, but off air certainly we um, discussed him as, as one potential uh, outsider chance yeah. to, to get. So if you're in that situation, you just really need to downgrade someone in order to upgrade Draper um, to get to a, a Gorn or a Grunny, just to have a bit of surety in terms of scoring in the in the ruck.
1: Yep, yeah, definitely. And uh, just as we were recording this podcast, there's some breaking news um, regarding Cripps, one of your boys. It's mm. just come out that he's actually been playing through injury and he's uh, requiring injections to get him through each game.
0: Yeah, it, it is a bit of a concerning one because uh, just running through notes on this show before we recorded it, because one of the questions, actually a couple of questions that were sent in were surrounding Cripps and uh, I was of the mindset to keep him, yeah. whether it be my stubbornness as a Carlton supporter or just stubbornness as a super coach coach. Mm-hmm. Now that this rumor has uh, has come to light, Uh, It's making me second guess what I'll do with him, but we'll touch on that a little bit later.
1: Yeah, and in, in a more football sense, it's probably a bit more positive that it's not a case of the game's gone past him. It's looking more like it's just an injury.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at least that's a a positive out of the uh, negative situation. Well done. I like what you've done there, Liam. Very, very nice.
1: As an essence supporter, that's what you're going to deal with?
0: (laughs) (laughs) As you do as a carton supporter for the past 15, (laughs) 20 years. Just a reminder also, uh, it's probably obvious to everyone listening to this, but just a reminder that it is the last round before price changes. So you know, now is the time to make those (laughs) corrections before the prices do fluctuate. More so to do with rookies, jumping into those rookies that you don't have. Trade them in if you can, uh, making rookie corrections and... And if you do have a few trades up your sleeve, uh, potentially sideways trade, which I don't recommend, but we'll delve into this a little bit further with our very next segment, which is the price is right. The price is wrong, bitch.
1: Yep. The price is right or wrong is a new segment all about who you should buy or sell. This week, we'll be looking at who's on the bubble and who you should be looking to bring in before the first price changes of the season. So obviously, uh, with with all of the new rookies, uh, they'll be the big focus for this week of who you should be buying. We'll run through the rookies, uh, who we think you should be definitely getting in if you you don't already have them. And first up, we have Gordon uh, with a break even of minus 206.
0: Absolutely insane. And and just on that as well, just want to give a bit of a shout out, a bit of love thrown the way of... At EMPR underscore X. Now, uh, just on that as well, can you please, man, if you're listening, let us know how we pronounce your <laughs> username because I've been racking my brain. I'm getting sidetracked here, but is it like stand for something? Is it like short for, you know, Empire, Empress? Surely it's not Empress, but um, <laughs> he does some great work on Twitter, does this uh, great man. He's a, he's a great fan yeah, of the show and yeah. really appreciate him tuning in. But he did tweet and check it out as well. His handle again at EMPR underscore X. He said the golden's going to break Michael Barlow's record, 119.9 thousand dollar price rise set in round three, 2010, with a score of 60 plus. Surely Jesus. he's going to get that, and his projection, if he scores 85, he's going to go up 129,400 in one round. That's insane. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. If you don't have him, get him in. He is like once in a generation. Like we we speak, speak of Michael Barlow as the once in a generation super coacher. He's a once in a generation yeah. rookie coacher again. Like, it's, yeah, it's insane. Get him in. Got to get him in. Who else have we got, though? Who else have we got? Yeah,
1: we've got Flynn, uh, the the Ruckman, in with a break even of minus 145. Uh, if you obviously don't have him, try and get him in as well. Highmore in the back line, minus 68. Campbell, uh, mid forward, eligible, minus 63. Warner, also from the Swans, minus 80. Jordan from the Demons in midfield, minus 87. Impey, minus 62. Sam Berry, minus 59. Rowe in the forward line for the Adelaide, minus 54. Tom Powell, North Melbourne midfielder, minus 38. And Hawthorne mid forward, uh, Tyler Brockman, minus 30. Uh, so if you don't have one of those guys, those are the ones that you'd be looking to buy. They've got the lowest break-evens. and In general, most of them have pretty good job security by the looks of it and the scoring potential as well. Are you looking at getting any of those guys in?
0: Like I mentioned earlier, I've got most of those guys in golden Flynn, Highmore, Campbell I've got, Impey I've got, Barry. I've got, uh, Rowe I've got, Powell I've got, and Brockman as well. So the only two I don't have there are Warner and Jordan. Warner, who's negative 80, and Jordan, negative 87. So those are the two guys that I'm prioritizing as a part of my two trades this week. Uh, I think you've really got to prioritize the rookies over any sort of, you know, primo or mid-price of corrections because just the fact that they've got such a, you know, I, I guess super low break even in terms of the, in the negatives, you've, you've got to grab them because if you, if you even if you wait a week, I think you're going to be sacrificing upwards of like 40 grand or thereabouts in some cases. Uh, or in the case of Gould and 130, whatever the hell it was. But <laughs> yeah, those are the two guys that I'm I'm checking out. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I, I'm very similar. I've got all those guys. I did actually miss out one player, uh, Jack Evil with a break even of minus uh, 34, get him in as well if you don't already have him. Uh, but yeah, similarly to you, the only two in that grouping I don't have is uh, Warner and Jordan, and both of those are players that I'd be looking to get in. For sure. And on the sale side, uh, these are players that we'd be looking to move on. Probably downgrade to one of these rookies. Uh, they're, they're generally mid-prices or rookies that haven't worked out. Uh, so the first one is Oliver Henry from Collingwood. He's He was obviously not named in the second round. Uh, he didn't score too well, um, but you'd probably be looking to move him on. He's a bit of a higher-priced rookie as well, so a downgrade option to most of the anyone in the forward line, in those forward eligible rookies. Uh, Hunter, so the Ruckman from the Saints, his break-even's only minus 19, and his scores of 44 and 35 aren't the highest. He's obviously a, a basement-priced Ruckman, but I think you, you're you better off bringing in like a, a Flynn or a Meek. Probably probably just Flynn, if you if you don't already have him. He's got a higher price, but he's also got a better scoring potential and probably better drop security as well. Uh, the other one that I would be looking to move on is uh, Paddy Dow, unfortunately. I don't know whether... He's still got a low break-even of six, Mm. Uh, probably not as low as we would have liked, and scores of 60 and 53 in the past two rounds. Um, His low time on ground is a bit concerning. I don't think he'll be dropped, um, but just obviously one that you could probably move on there. Another rookie is uh, Sharp. He's break-even of minus two and only a score of 20 on the weekend. Obviously, in a loss to the Brisbane Lions, uh, you just want to see whether he's named or not. If he is dropped, uh, you probably look to move him on as well. At his price of 117k you could probably make him almost a straight swap for a jordan or a hmm. uh high more if you don't have him and on the mid price uh front uh some some i guess mid prices that haven't worked out as well uh tom green obviously was dropped the 351k gws midfielder uh is one that you could probably look to downgrade to one of those midfield options in the in the rookies and, and bank that cash. The uh, same with all of these options, I guess, as well. You'd be able to bank some cash for some upgrades either next week or or an up-down up this week, potentially. Tom Phillips, the Hawthorne forward midfielder, I think he's eligible mm-hmm. as a midfielder too. Yep. Uh, 402K. Probably don't have to train him out. Just obviously a bit of a, a, a low score on the weekend with a 56. So he's got 19 in round one and then a 56 on the weekend. You don't have to train him out. You do you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do you. Just throw it back yeah, on there. Yeah. You, you do you you. just you, you.
1: You make your own decision. <laughs> yeah. Look, if I had him, I probably wouldn't be too concerned just no. yet. Um, I think there's more. There's other options to trade out first.
0: There's more to worry about, I think. Yeah, there's
1: a lot more to worry about. <laughs> Similarly, Heppel late out on the weekend, three hundred nineteen k. I think it was back spasms. Mm. I don't think there's too much concern there if he play if he's named to play. Um, just to keep him, but he's obviously an option if you want to downgrade him. It didn't have anything to do with the foot, as far as I as far as I understand. And also a teammate of Heppel, uh, Caldwell, uh, obviously is in for a bit of an extended period on the sideline for six to eight weeks. He's a definite trade there. Um, you just have to trade him out and uh, look look for one of those rookies as well where you can make some, make some bank and some uh, more cash-gen opportunities there.
0: Moving on to the next part of this segment, I guess, is... Um looking at how you use your trades going into round three before price fluctuations do come into effect. And the ongoing debate has always been between using them on rookie corrections as opposed to primos. So uh, yes, it's one of the big talking points. So before we, uh, we touch on another big talking point in the big Texan uh, and some underperforming primos, let's just give our thoughts on the trading strategy, which way we, I guess, approach things and, um, you know, help guide some coaches out there that are really struggling over whether or not they use both trades on rookie corrections, whether it be one trade on a rookie correction and then another one on a mid-pricing correction, or delving into the no man's land, the really um, uncharted territory, trading out primos. Yeah. Delving into that, I, I guess, you know, it really does depend on how your team is structured at the moment and the number of trades you've used at, at, at present. So uh, the way I like to look at it is there's three considerations. So first off, if you're fortunate enough to not have any injuries, have any suspension, so if you didn't have rallying team, didn't have Dangerfield, don't have Caldwell on your team. Now, if you don't have Cripps in your team um, and you have hit on all the best-performing rookies that we touched on earlier with the, the really super low break-evens, then I think this is probably the one scenario which is an exception to the rule in you know making corrections with mid-prices and especially with primo's. However, if you fall into the next category where you've missed on one or two of the best rookies, I would say that you've still got to prioritise rookie corrections over primo corrections. You know, you you really, at this time of year, you have to prioritise those guys that are really going to go up in price because this is what's going to build your bank over the course of of 2021. So uh, that there is, you know, I'd say it's probably a 75% chance of like in my reasoning anyway that you have to use it on rookie mm-hmm. corrections and then the next category which is a non-negotiable if you've used both of your trades up to now in the first week being forced trades uh, on a danger and a rail and now also especially because we've got Caldwell and I've got Crips as well uh, you've just really got to prioritize those rookie corrections. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't make any trade corrections at all if you have nailed your your rookies and you've already been forced to use two trades. Yeah. I don't know what 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with you
1: wholeheartedly there. Uh, if you've had haven't had to make any trades and and you've got all the rookies um, and no injury concerns, uh, you could probably make some primo corrections, but obviously that 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 goes down to whether if whether or not you've had to make any of those forced trades as well. Yeah. The main thing to consider is you don't want to sideways trade too much. We don't have the same luxury of trades that we had last year. So we had 30, I can't remember how many now off the top of my head, but we yeah, had four or almost, something. yeah, it ended up being almost two trades around. So definitely just consider that we don't have the same luxury of trades. If you're playing last year, you can't have the same strategy to the same extent. So definitely, definitely have to be a bit more, wise with your trades and look for more of those cash generating rookies as well
0: and what about those underperforming primos we just touched on a few uh, as we've been working our way through this episode but uh, there's three in particular that come to mind what approach should we take to them so uh, I
1: think the three that we're mainly talking about are probably Neil Taranto and Cripps as well obviously that changes a little bit with his injury concerns now but there's merit in looking to trade them out if you have somehow avoided the carnage of uh, Raoul Dangerfield Caldwell so the price is going to fall um, based off their break-evens um, and you you probably do have the chance to capitalise on it now but you'd expect to see the, some bounce back especially from a player like Neil um, he's finished in the top you know 10 mids in the past I don't know how many years so you, you shouldn't be too worried about him he's going to probably return to that that same position but if you do have the ability to trade him in you're probably gonna to have to bring him back later in the season um so obviously you have got to consider that you're gonna be trading him out twice yes you will obviously make some cash off it um, because he's going to lose some cash and then you get him back at a cheaper price but you've got to figure out what the cost of a trade is to you as well
0: yeah just just quickly on that as well so neil he's break evens 271 and he's projected to go down by 76.1k Uh, With his projected score of 99, but I'm I'm confident that he can bounce back this week. I don't know about yourself, Liam, but um, I'm I'm definitely holding. Even though, even the week after as well. Next week, he's actually projected to go down again by 40k. So that's a swing of what's that? 116 thousand. Dollars, so that's um, that's insane. But I mean, you've got it back in the premiums, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there's there's too many other issues to deal with this round. To, to also have to be looking at trading out a Neil as well. Um, for my team, I, I mean, I, look, I've toyed with my team and traded him out to see what I could do with the <laughs> do with the cash. But it's been a it's pretty glorious, quick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's been a pretty quick uh, reverse changes uh, click. Uh, as soon as I've done it, not trying to be too tempted by that 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 trade. Um, But for me, if you are looking at at trading one of them out, it'd probably be Crips or Taranto. Probably more so Crips for me, uh, just with his injury concern.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I feel you as well. Like with Crips, in light of that, it's, it's really changed my thinking. Yeah. But I'll just need to assess it. Uh, in terms of uh, heading into the round, because I do have a couple of guys that are playing early uh, in Rowe and uh, Berry for Adelaide. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I have a couple of loophole options there in non-playing players on the bench. So I may even check to see how they're scoring before I actually really execute any trades, whether it be Cripps, Dow, Caldwell, anything like that, but really assess after the fact. Uh, In terms of Taranto as well, I mean, he is my boy after all. (laughs) I know a lot of people are just looking at The fact that he only scored 67 and they said, oh, well, he's let down. Got to get rid of him. I mean, you've got to delve a little bit deeper. Uh, And that's what we do here at Supercoach Edge in order to give you guys the edges. We delve a little bit deeper. (laughs) And yes, 67 may be bad, but you've really got to look at his game. And I mean, there was only one guy for the Giants who actually scored over 100. And that was bang on the dot of a hundred and that was that was coming uh, for the Giants. So I mean the entire team had a shit one, um to put it bluntly. Yeah. But Taranto, just breaking down his stats and the way he played. So he had 23 disposals, he had six tackles, which is a main part of his game, mm-hmm. which is something that is still a strength of his and he's still executing to a plum. But then he also had 390 meters gained. So he was in the top five for GWS for that stat, which Some people may not know, but uh, Supercoach do put a fair bit of weight on that stat. So at least he's still breaking the lines, being able to to pump the ball forward at every opportunity. Um, And the one thing that really did lead him down was his disposal efficiency uh, with 60% and six clangers as well on top of that, uh, which really hurt his score. So I think in fantasy, he had like 87 or something off the top of my head. Don't know the specifics, but um, that really shows a differential between the two in that he was only able to score 67 in Super Coach, so that's the main reason why are those clangers, those turnovers. I'm not too worried at the stage. I'm I'm gonna stick by him.
1: Yep, definitely. I think I agree with you there. I think we should also, I guess, look back on the Gorn Grundy situation last week. It was everyone was trying to trade them out. Look at the, what happened. They came out and uh, and smashed it this week. The same thing could happen for, for Neil and cribs and Toronto. Uh, so for mine, it's probably hold um, unless you literally have no other issues, and then you might be able to uh, trade them out. But even then, I'd, I'd
0: do it with a little bit of uh, caution. Absolutely. And uh, dare I say it, is the big Texan walker a viable option? <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in first because I just want to throw out a bit of a scenario. Now, strap yourselves in because this involves a lot of numbers uh, and can be confusing. So uh, get your, your, your pad and pen out and just just scribble this down if you, uh, you want to follow along. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to delve into why I think walker is a really, really bad option. Now, I mean... There are going to be people out there who are just you know, too stubborn and like, not getting him in because I'm going to get 100K over the course of two weeks. That's fair enough. But yeah. you need to delve a little bit further. Like I said, we delve really, really deep. We deep dive here at Supercoach Edge.
1: <laughs> you need scoo—you scre- need some scuba scre- equipment if, you- if you're going to work here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I know people are getting <laughs> caught up in the fact that he'll make over 100K in two to three weeks, like I said. But is it really more beneficial than opting instead for a rookie, say, like a Jordan or a Warner? who have better projected inflation. So I'm going to use Jordan in this example, yep. Jordan and Caldwell. So Caldwell obviously is going to be out for six to eight weeks, going to have to trade him. And one thing that I'm doing is trading him down to Jordan. So in this case, if I was to trade out Caldwell, who's priced at 348600 mm-hmm. if I was going to trade him to Walker, who's priced at 298200 that's going to net me a bank profit straight away of 50400 Compare that, by trading Caldwell instead to Jordan who's priced at 123,900 that is going to net me 224,700 so based on that alone Jordan is the better option yeah I know you're getting jumbled up in all these numbers but the underlying thing is that it's going to bank you an extra 174,300 by opting to trade Caldwell to Jordan over Walker and that's just money up front yeah but what about the next thing you've got to factor in which is the comparative projected price rises so Walker who had a modest average of 90, so I'm giving him a a modest average of 90 because you can't expect him to (laughs) uphold his current average of 144.5. If he's to average 90 over the next two weeks, his projected price is going to be maxed out at 445,400, which is a rise of 147,200. Compare that to Jordan, who if you plug in his current average of 80, if he's going to do that over the next, I think it's six weeks or thereabouts. And when we talk about average, it doesn't mean that he's scoring 80 every single week. He can score a 90, he can score a 70, Mm -hmm. that averages out to 80 across two weeks. So it can fluctuate, which is what always happens. So if he averages 80, his projected max out value is 398,900, which is a rise of 275,000. So again, in this area, Jordan wins out because he's going to make you an extra 127,800. Got me? You following along? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just getting my calculator out just to make sure your, your numbers are right there, Damon.
0: The last part obviously comes down to what about the scoring ability? So can Walker maintain it? And can Jordan maintain his scoring? Well, I mean, it's, it's flipping a coin really in terms of Jordan's uh, scenario because mm-hmm. he is a rookie. He scored well so far. Uh, we haven't really got any... Uh, I guess, historical data to go off. But with Walker, we do. So, you know, based on his averages across the past few seasons, indications as to whether or not Walker can maintain it are no. So he hasn't averaged any higher than 68 in the past three seasons, with his highest being 99 way back in 2012. Now, Jordan will no doubt fluctuate in his scoring. Being such a low price, though, means he only needs an individual high score to kickstart his price rise again, which is what we've seen over the journey. Um, if you're a first-time player at Supercoach, someone who's priced lower, doesn't have to maintain massive scores over the three-week rolling average in order to kickstart their their average uh, and cash-making ability. Whereas Walker has a real difficult time of doing that because he's at a higher price point. Verdict. So wrapping it all up. So you've probably just fallen asleep. First off, Jordan's going to net you more money up front from the direct trade from Cordwell, and he's going to net you an extra 127800 compared to Walker in terms of also that projected price rise. So, yeah, scoring is one factor that they may tie or thereabouts, but the previous two factors mean Jordan wins hands down in my book because even if Walker can net you his max inflation, Jordan's inflation is still higher, making you more money in the end. Are you, are you there, Liam? <laughs> I'm there.
1: Uh, now I now understand why they call you... Uh... Damon Mathlete Jackman. After all of that,
0: <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> uh,
1: well, there's not much. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue when you just present me with numbers, so I, I can't really go against you there. Um, but I guess uh, is, isn't it just fun to have a player like Taylor Walker in your team, though?
0: Just but just seeing that name Taylor Walker in my team yeah. is like a cardinal sin. I'm sorry, but that's like that's akin to having Connor Rosie in my side. Oof. And you know what that's like. Yeah, I know what that's like. Uh,
1: Look, I do it to be honest. I I have sent you a few uh, screenshots with uh, Taylor Walker in my my side. uh, Yes, you have. With with a few uh, laugh laugh crying emojis.
0: I wasn't going to say it, but this entire part of this segment was directed at you. So please don't do Uh, it. I
1: love love that I literally (laughs) wrote in there. All I wrote was, dare I say it, is the big text Walker a viable option? And you wrote uh, that whole thing. You went through the maths. An essay. Of why I should not pick him. I just want to let you know that I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I don't know because there's actually quite a few people out there in the super coach community, seasoned veterans like myself that are actually considering him. And I, I, I do see the, uh, the lure. Yeah. But you've got to remind yourself that it is a supercoach is a long, long game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And you know, he's going to potentially go up in price. No doubt to some extent, but if in one of those two weeks where he needs to score that 90 in order to go up that, that price that I mentioned, if he has one of those games as a shit one, his projected price rise is going to tumble mm-hmm. quite, quite rapidly. So, I mean, yeah, you got to preface it by the fact that I think he's playing Adelaide are playing North Melbourne and they're playing Gold Coast, I think is the next two. So there is potential there for him to come out firing. But I mean, it is Tex Walker. Can you trust him? He's been in the system for so long. Granted, he's had a great start to the year, yeah. but remind yourself, it is Adelaide. They've uh, they've improved, but I really can't see him having three and definitely not four games in a row where he's been scoring at this ability. But that's, that's just me, and good luck to anyone that wants to take the risk. Yeah,
1: well, there's <laughs> uh, 12.2% of teams who have traded him in. Um, so there, there's quite a few people who are considering it. Um, but I, I think, I don't know, I steer clear of uh, as much as possible of uh, key position players, especially forwards, um just because the scoring can fluctuate like this um and i think yeah. as, as you said it's not a case of we're at the end of the season where there might be a, a bit of uh, a drought of uh of rookies uh that, mm-hmm. that are low priced um so we're not looking for the ca- like there's, there's lots of options for cash gen um yeah. and i think there's less risky options for cash gen as well
0: yeah spot on and uh that takes us to our very next segment which is i'm the captain now look at me
1: i'm the captain now that's right. In I'm the captain now. We'll be bringing you the top choices for the VC and C every week. Uh, we'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may be a little bit more left field. So first up, uh, we've got Grundy uh, as the as a very good VC option, plays on the, the Thursday night up against uh, Brisbane, potentially against a bit more of a depleted ruck lineup as well with uh, the big O, uncertain to actually take his place. Um, we've got some other options, I guess, Archie Smith, And Danaher probably likely to have to spend a bit more of an extended time in the ruck. Hopefully a big score coming Grundy's way there.
0: Another option that we've got all actually options because uh, (laughs) it's the trio from the Bulldogs in McRae, Dunkley and Bont who face the hapless, or call them hapless, North Melbourne. Uh, They average in the order 127.5 for McRae, 122.5 for Dunks and 118.5 for bond respectively so yeah i mean they face north who leaked on the weekend massive mm-hmm. points to the likes of took miller 131 anderson 119 and ellis 103 so uh those are three options potentially to look at
1: yep definitely um and we've also got another player that plays on the thursday night uh, in neil Obviously, could be seen as a bit more of a left-field option with the Mm -hmm. scoring as of late. Um, But he obviously faces Collingwood. It's it's his bounce-back game. The Lions Mm. are coming off two losses. They'd be pretty livid with themselves. Uh, They would not want that start at all, especially considering... One of those teams was the Swans, who last year obviously didn't make the eight. So I'd be watching to see uh, what Pies and players are named. Uh, if Greenwood's in, he could be a tagger. Otherwise, someone like Crisp may uh, play a bit more of a run-with role, but you would probably expect that to be more of a head-to-head um, as opposed to a tra- traditional tagging role. Yeah. Or uh, as uh, Simpson called it, the cooler.
0: The, the what?
1: The cooler. He uh, If someone's running hot, you, you
0: send in the cooler i see <laughs> did you not did you not see this no i haven't no that, that is i i like the thinking behind it like the theory but i don't know about the execution like the cooler yeah, yeah wouldn't yeah, you call the, like the, ex, the extinguisher
1: yeah i feel like the extinguisher yeah that's a good one actually what uh, is he thinking
0: he's not creative obviously no, he's not in no, the no, creative no. field like us so
1: get on to uh the the west coast eagles to let him know
0: change yeah. the name <laughs> but j- just on crisp as well he's <laughs> uh he hasn't really been spoken about as yeah. a defensive option and he's really performed well. And I saw it firsthand in uh, the game against Carlton on the weekend, he started off in defense and then really pushed through the middle. And uh, especially with the likes of Dugowie potentially now spending more time up for because of Elliott's injury, it uh, may open up a bit of a vacancy in the mm-hmm. midfield and uh Chris may be the beneficiary of it, but yeah, he's, I think he's done a couple of run with roles in the past. His endurance is, uh, is elite. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't go out there to cool Neil <laughs> <laughs> or extinguish him as we would say, but uh, yeah, we'll wait and see on, uh, on that front. And of course the, uh, the last option, which I think it's probably the, uh, the captaincy option as opposed to the the VC because do the demons have the second last game of the round? Yeah, I believe so. But I think yeah, a lot of people would be putting the VC on the players that we mentioned previously. But uh, yeah, Gorn comes up against Flynn, must be mentioned, and uh, <laughs> plays late on the Sunday. So, you know, it's perfect for the Sunday game if you uh, if you really need a last second VC. But yeah, for me, I think yeah, you you'd go with one of the other guys for the VC and potentially whack the C on Gorn if they don't butter up.
1: Definitely. Uh, so I think in this case, uh, I'm likely to go with a VC uh, of Grundy into the captaincy on Gorn.
0: I am absolutely 100% on board with you, Liam. So that's um, good to know that uh, we are on the right track. Or at least I'm on the right track, following your lead because you've uh, you've beaten me the previous two weeks. <laughs> that pretty much takes us to our last segment, one of my favourites. Again, as I always say, <laughs> just for the soundbite alone, it is
1: I got to know
0: hey i got to know yes it is our last segment of the episode in i got to know first one is uh ben cavey at ben cavey sends in the question it's a question all podcasts will discuss but i would like the cleverest supercoach podcast i don't know if he's referring to us or another one i hope so uh i would like the cleverest supercoach podcast you could say the pod of podcasts are very good (laughs) like that very creative. Uh, should we get rid of Neil and Crips, or should we focus on sorting rookies out first? Liam?
1: Yeah, I think we've uh, discussed this at length already. But as we mentioned earlier, in most cases, you'll want to focus on rookies first. If you've used some trades already, you'd probably want to focus on the rookies. If you've obviously not got all the rookies, you'd want to focus on the rookies. <laughs> but if, if you do have the luxury of having used no trades, and you have all the right rookies and everything's sunshine and, and roses and it's all beautiful, uh, then you might consider moving on an underperforming primo if you've got them. If that's your only issue, then that would be something you could consider to doing. Um, but obviously, it just it depends on the primo. Uh, you just got to always consider that they could bounce back. Um, I think you've got your example uh, that you like to bring up of uh, Neil from a few years ago, and yep. you've just got to look at, at Gordon Grundy from this year and 2019 as well.
0: Yeah, exactly right. I'm, I echo your, your thoughts there. Yeah, we've we've covered it ad nauseum uh, in the previous couple of segments, and yeah, I mean, feel the luxury to do it. I'd probably more so opt to correct the mid prices if you can. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to trading out primos, but you know, primos in the case of Crips, for example, who now has a doubt over his health uh, and body, uh, that's the only other thing I'd be waiting in if I'm uh, yeah looking to trade out an underperforming primo. Definitely. So the next question
1: we've got is from, uh, again, if, you, if you're listening, can you just let us know exactly uh, how to pronounce e- em- it? Emperor, Emperor. At Emperor <laughs> underscore X.
0: It's almost like he started like typing out M- Empress, Empire, and then like had a spelling mistake. And it's like, oh, you know what? I don't like vowels in my name, although he's got an E in there already. So I don't know. But, I, knows, but... I don't
1: know. It's cool. I like it. I like yeah. it short and simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. We digress. Thanks for listening, as always. He's a big <laughs> fan of ours. <laughs>
1: Sorry. The, the, the question is, uh, Shannon Hearn is the biggest beneficiary of the new kick-in rule. Discuss. Damon?
0: Yes. Well, uh, Hearny, the man who looks like he's 40 years of age, and I think now he's, he's actually crept over 30. So congratulations <laughs> on that old man. He looks actually... What It makes me wonder, though, like when he's actually... He's, I reckon he's going to look like uh, Prince Philip. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> he's just going to be a corpse, like, when he hits or, 50. Or is he
1: just, like, never going to age? Do you reckon he's just, like, perpetually a 40-year-old man?
0: He must have come out of the womb looking like that, <laughs> I reckon. Or a hairline straight out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Blake. Anyway, back to the uh, the question and the answer. Oh, Jesus, where are we going? You can tell us the end of the show, can't you? Yeah, anyway, so just with Hernie, he, he loves to play on at any opportunity normally. Uh, I've had him in my team in previous years, and uh, I've really loved him, but... Last year, we saw a bit of a downturn. He was he was the man to get in 2019. <laughs> but yeah, I reckon, absolutely. Like, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Emperor. He's most definitely uh, been given a massive advantage. And I reckon it's reinvigorated him as a defensive option, in all honesty. Like, he could even be, I'm going to say it now, he could be a smoky for a, a top six spot in defense. But let's wait and see how that pans out. I wouldn't probably jump on him just yet because of that. But wait and see. But so far in well, the first round, anyway, he had five kick-ins. Uh, and played on from all of them, mm-hmm. uh, and in general, he just loves a kick, as we saw on the weekend. Mm-hmm. He had twenty three kicks and two handballs. Yeah. What a fiend! What an absolute fiend! <laughs> uh, enough said. But yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know. What what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think as you said, he he's he loves a kick, um, and just I think it just it's it's such a big advantage for him because he loves that long kick out as well. He's got a big thumping kick. He can now run what 15, 20 meters. That absolutely booted and get it past the center square. Um, and it's just, it's just why wouldn't you do that?
0: And and just quickly as well, he is the the pot of all pods. 1%. He's in 1% of teams. Really? Which is absolutely insane. He's got a break-even of 45, priced at four hundred seventy seven eight hundred. So, I mean, he's aging a bit now, but he scored 118 and 117 so far. So, uh, Oof, definitely yeah. one that I'm going to keep my eye on uh, as... A potential smoking. Very nice. Let's have a look at the next question, which is sent in from Stuart Daniel at DiscoStu <laughs> zero nine eight seven six. He asks, "Is Taylor Walker a trap or a solid cash grab?" Now we uh, discussed that, didn't we? We did, we did. Uh,
1: if you, but if you did miss it, uh, go back. Uh, if, if you
0: did fall asleep
1: through our daily maths lesson, um...
0: <laughs> I, hopefully we haven't lost too many listeners. I, I, I do apologise. I should have apologised in advance, but I'm gonna I'm gonna apologise retrospectively to all those people having to be put to sleep by my maths lesson
1: in fairness though it was very very insightful and it and it just shows the points
0: that you were trying to make probably too comprehensive for its yeah. own good you know if if, <laughs> if if the big Texan comes out and smashes it over the weekend that there goes my all my maths you know all the time that took me over the weekend <laughs> to just work out numbers and crunch it didn't actually take me that long but, but actually probably took longer to explain than actually piece together but anyway
1: <laughs> moving on yeah Liam O'Neill. Uh, And his question is, is it still worth trading in rookies for correction purposes, even if you already have a few of the best like Flynn, Goulden, Campbell, et cetera? Should you still try getting in uh, Jay Jordan and Warner?
0: I think he follows that up with uh, an answer to his own question potentially. For me, (laughs) I think I'm going to get rid of Cordwell and Cripps and bring in those two above for the price rises and have 600K in the bank for next week to try grab Bond slash Butters slash Stewart or someone of that caliber next week and he said his round two score was 2,333. So congratulations on that mammoth score, which is awesome. Yeah, great work, Liam. And yeah, great name as well. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I wonder if he's actually got... Uh, his handle's not there because I think he sent it in via Facebook. So <laughs> Liam, can you just send in what your <laughs> handle is on Twitter? Um, I imagine it's nothing as comprehensive and long drawn out like, like Liam's is. Yeah. With underscores after every letter. But um, <laughs> anyway, on to the answer. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's pretty much answered it himself because I am in the exact same situation where I have Caldwell and Cripps. Uh, Initially, I was thinking about trading Caldwell, yes, obviously, out for six to eight, uh, but also trading out Dow and bringing in Jordan and Warner and banking the cash to fund my first few upgrades, like Liam is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, with word now coming through about Paddy Cripps' health and needing injections every week, isn't a very good sign. So, I'm actually now a bit fifty-fifty about Cripper because looking at his potential price drop, he's going to drop potentially about twenty k if he scores around ninety odd, uh, which I can see him doing. He scored, I think, it was eighty-eight or something on the weekend. Yeah. So if he's able to score that, whilst you know being hindered with his uh, whatever ailment he's got, I mean, it might be worthwhile holding on to him if you're, you know, you're not as confident in fielding the likes of a Jordan or a Warner. But I think. If you do have a loophole option on the bench, like I do, yeah, uh, you can always, you know, loophole like virtually screen their scores and then loophole them in. But I think with the, the solid scoring of uh, of Warner, who's up forward, of course, but someone like Jordan, who's in the midfield, I think he comes across as someone who's a solid, consistent scorer. So for me, I'm actually now swaying towards getting rid of Cripper. Um, yeah and saving on the, the, the 20K that he would be dropping next week uh, if he does score about 90-odd. And, um, yeah, trading them both down to Jordan and Warner and, um, yeah, banking that cash for a, a bit of a war chest in weeks to come. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's probably what I would consider doing. I think Dow's going to make about 20K if he maintains his average as well. Yeah. Um, so you're sort of talking a 40-point swing if you trade out Dow and keep Crips. If, if that makes sense, uh, if they both go at their, their sort of average or their projections. Um, for me, obviously, I don't have Crips, so I'm going to go uh, with basically what you said before. I'll be trading out Dow and uh, Caldwell and bringing in Warner and Jordan. I think Jordan's job security as well with uh, Harms' his injury is going to uh, really help him there as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so and then obviously bank, that, bank some of that cash for some upgrades soon as well.
0: Spot on. And our last question.
1: Yep. Last question is sent in by uh, Dali Pitt, um, who is at Dally Pitt. So this is a, a sort of a, a three-part almost question. But the first part is, is the Paddy Dow experiment a fail? If so, down to Warner at plus 50K. Is that the easy trade?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's a super easy trade like we just spoke about there. I'm trading at Dow just purely because I don't really have any other, you know, underperforming rookies. Yeah, I mean, yep. for me he's he's the one that's that's got to go unfortunately i think if you have other options uh, i'm trying to think about other rookies like a sharp potentially if he doesn't yep. keep his spot you could potentially keep dow because he's break even six and he's not going to go down in price you won't think knock on wood that uh, he gets through unscathed but um for me yeah i think that's that's an easy one especially with warner and the way he's performing absolutely in the sydney side
1: Yep, definitely. Uh, That's a good point, actually. I forgot that I have Sharp in my side. Keep, actually. I just consistently forget him in my side. (laughs) It's been a few weeks of me just leaving him out. Um, Obviously, if he's not named, he'd be one that I consider to move on um, instead of Dow as well.
0: You could say his performances have been a bit... uh dull of (laughs) late I'll uh, I'll get my things yeah yeah please
1: Uh, the second part to the question was uh, Neil to Oliver plus 70k before Neil's price plummets or do you write it out Uh, I'll just quickly jump on this one I think as we've discussed at length if you haven't missed out on rookies and you have no other issues. If there's no other trades, maybe you could do that. But it's sort of at your own peril. Neil could come out and smash it. And he's probably going to end up being a uh, a keeper in the long run. But you'd expect him to be a, a top 10 mid. So I would probably ride it out. You just don't know what's going to happen. He could come out and smash it next week. He'd probably still drop in price. But it's the points that you're losing out on.
0: I'm similar sort of thought as well. But if I was in a situation where I wasn't forced to use my two trades already on danger and rail. Uh, and then another one on Caldwell. Mm-hmm. I would potentially look at this option in all honesty, as long as you've nailed the rookies as well. Because, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be banking 70k, you're going to be getting Oliver, who is, you know, his, his scoring Dependable. output is way better than than um, Neil at the moment. And Neil's price is going to plummet. There's no no two ways about yeah, it. Of um, just comes down to how much. I think he might plummet to as much as 100k. So if you were to bank that and then bring him back in, I mean, you are costing yourselves two trades in order to do that. Um, But you've also got Oliver uh, in your team once you bring him back in. So under those unique circumstances where you've hit every rookie, you haven't used any trades at the moment, I'd look at it. If you're not in that situation, I wouldn't do it.
1: Definitely. Um, And the last question here is uh, a bit of a pod, I guess. Uh, Blake Hardwick's role looks awesome. Not a name super coaches go for though. A good pod or is he mid-priced trap, Damon?
0: Yeah, he's, he's a super awkward price at three hundred seventy three one hundred, And uh, I think he's taking the kick-ins for the Hawks at the moment. I think he took about five, this is last week, not round two, round one, because we only have access to the kick-in stats uh, from that round so far. But I think he had five kick-ins he played on from mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, but, yeah, given his scoring history, you, you just can't trust him. I mean, yeah. yes, we know that the, the man-in-the-mark rule for kick-ins is helping defensive players, Uh, But for me, I go by the notion that unless you've got a favorable scoring history uh, behind you, which Hardwick doesn't, and it's a one-off, therefore it presents a risk. I don't know. What do do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm probably at the same point there. Very awkward price point, and I think there's some much better uh, options in the defensive line um, that are a little bit more sure than Hardwick. So I probably wouldn't go lean lean that way. I mean, he he could make you some cash, but I don't know if he's going to be a a top six uh, defender.
0: And that brings us to the back end of the show. But before we wrap up, where can our listeners find us?
1: Yep. You can find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. Your our personal handles are at demoj88. And my,
0: sorry. Drum roll, please. Drum roll.
1: <laughs> and myself at al underscore Evans underscore nine five. Very simple there. Uh, <laughs> And he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, moving on, uh, you can find us on the Super Coach Edge uh, at, on Facebook and on Insta as well. And email us at AFLSuperCoachEdge at gmail.com. Send through any of your questions. Uh, if you want to be have any of your questions featured on the podcast, just let us know and we'll, uh, we'll answer it on here. Or else we'll just answer it uh, as a direct message as well. And that brings us uh, to the Supercoach Edge group rankings for round two. So our round two highest scorer uh, was Sturmy's Seagulls with the round two score of 2,438. Very good, mate. And uh, we've uh, got a new leader in the total score at the end of round two as well uh, with James of MTM All-Stars with a total score of 4,660. And he's actually sitting in 15th overall in, in the whole of Supercoach as well. Great work there. Uh, it's great to see some high scores as well this round. So if you do want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, uh, the code is seven. 7- nine eight two nine six the overall winner at the end of the season uh, will get their hands on a supercoach championship ring from the legends at supercoach championship rings uh you can find them on twitter at, at sc rings underscore and online at supercoachchampion.com
0: and uh of course as well the winner will also feature on our final podcast of the supercoach season so make sure to enter to be in the running and with that, uh, I probably should announce as well, Liam, uh, just in yep. terms of the competition that we've uh, been running over the, the past few weeks, which we also extended because <laughs> we're nice people here at, uh, at Supercoach Edge, uh, which was access to our exclusive Discord channel. Yep. Uh, and uh, we opened it up, I think it was initially 10, yep, uh, 10 free people. entries, yep. but now uh, we extended to 15. And we have drawn out the winners. So uh, check your DMs on Twitter or on Facebook just to see if uh, if you've received if a code. And uh, if you uh, unfortunately didn't get a code, we may be running a competition again throughout the year, but uh, check out our Patreon page where you can get access to the discord through our Patreon program. So check that out, which is patreon.com forward slash supercoach edge. And with that, then that's the end of the show, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a a good one. It has. uh, uh, Again, apologies for anyone that's fallen (laughs) asleep that is just waking up from their coma that I put you in uh, off the back of the Texan Walker analysis. (laughs) Hope that uh, we have given you guys a bit of an insight and uh, all the analysis uh, in helping formulate your trades heading into the ever-important round three and the price changes. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Good luck for
1: the round ahead and uh, looking forward to catching up next week.